Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. Well, we've done it, folks. We've crowned new national champions in Division Three, and we are here to break it all down for you. Very excited. So let's start first with the ladies who were at Bay Oaks Country Club down in the greater Houston, Texas area. And the most exciting part about it was for me was... Well, yours truly, the D3 Golf Guys podcaster himself, did make an appearance at the Monday practice round, and it was awesome. It was great to see all of the fabulous women that we have competing in Division Three golf. We got to see some coaches, got to talk to some of the players. Uh, special shout out to the ladies from the University of the Redlands. Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to really catch up with the West Coast teams a whole lot, and they were very excited to meet the guy from D3 Golf Guys. So uh, I appreciate you all making me feel like a somewhat very minor celebrity. Um, in fact, they were even so excited that when they saw me, when they made the turn to the other side, they were still waving. So that was pretty awesome. We had some D3 Golf Guys swag out there, ladies. Do me a favor. If you picked up some swag while you were at Nationals, Put a picture on Instagram, tag us in the post, you know, hit us up and let's, let's see how that swag you guys picked up. Um, it was great to see everybody out there and boy, it was just it shaping up to be a great championship. And it, it really was first things first though, a little disappointed in the condition of the golf course. Honestly, I, I kind of felt like it was, uh, the greens were not in as good a shape as they probably should have been for a national championship. Now, that being said, it didn't bother the ladies at all, and they played fabulous. But it's one of the things that, as I was there, I was like, hmm, yeah, this isn't great, where you're having big patches in the green, and you're having to think about, you know, unplayable parts of a green. That's unfortunate. Now, again, sometimes, you know, Mother Nature has her way, so I'm not putting the blame on anybody here. It's just one of those things where I think we need to keep focused on, you know, making sure that we're delivering uh, the best quality conditions for those ladies when they are ready to compete for a national championship. But compete they did. And boy, I don't know that I've ever seen more rounds under 300 in a women's national championship than we had this year. Um, it just I mean, some outstanding golf. And now, on the, remember on the ladies' side, they played the same. They played the same course all four rounds, so we really got to kind of see sort of some of the improvement and things there. So really interesting. If you look at the course stats, um, the average scoring round um, day one was eighty two, day two eighty one, day three eighty one, day four seventy six. That's a five stroke difference there. Now I think the heat let up a little bit there in the final round because um, it was. Hot and I, there was a lot of the northern schools who, when I was talking to them, they were like, "It's really hot here. It's really hot." And I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of bucket hats and uh, cooling towels and a bunch of the other kind of stuff, um, out there. But uh, the ladies were were trudging through it as, as best they could. Um, I think the early morning tea times were advantageous in the first couple of days. But so you get off to we get off to a great start at nationals. And, you know, the Emory ladies get out to about a five-stroke lead on Wash U on day one. Methodist, you know, in third position. Then you've got Pomona Pitzer, Carnegie Mellon, and NYU right there at fourth. Redland, seven. George Fox, eight. Williams, nine. Washington and Lee, ten. All right. 
that's pretty much kind of who we had pegged. I said, I would think NYU is probably a little bit more of the surprise, but um, one of the coaches told me, don't be surprised when NYU plays really, really well. So um, I kind of expected them to get in there. Uh, one of the things we noticed was center had kind of was, they were tied for 12th after day one. Um, you know, they didn't probably play as well as they could those first couple days, which kept them down. You know, we expected them to kind of be up there um, with Riley Suter as their number one, who just got announced as player of the year in division three for women. So it's outstanding accomplishment. And boy, did she show her quality later in the tournament? But so you get it for a good first day. But again, Emory goes out day one, 292. I think that set a record for for scoring at the national championships. That's outstanding. And Wash U goes 297, Methodist 300. And that's really good golf. And I was excited about it because I knew this was going to be a really good tournament. It was a really good tournament for every position two through six or seven. And unfortunately, Emory never looked back. So as we get to day two, Emory fires another 296. And they are now 14 shots ahead of number two, Pomona Pitzer, who was fourth before that. They go 299. Now, day two is a little tougher. And because of where the tee times were, um, he had to bat a little bit more heat that second day. George Fox jumps up from eight all the way up to three with a 304. Um, then you get Carnegie, who's still tied for fourth, and then Redlands jumps up with their 306, go from seventh to tied for fourth, and Washington Lee moves from 10th up to tied for fourth as well with a 301 on day two. Methodist struggled a little bit on that second day. I think that's probably the day they wish they had back. They went 313 on day two and went from three back to seven. Claremont moved up a little bit. Williams kind of held their own. Washington, Wash U. Um, they went 318 on that second day, and I think that that's definitely the day they wish they had back. But um, so they went from second all the way back to tenth, and NYU felt for the ladies kind of took out of that tied for fourth and went back to eleventh. Center held pretty solidly at around twelve, um, but it was I mean still really good scoring. And like I said, the average that day was around the 81, so still playing pretty tough. Then we get to day, day three, and Emory said, oh, you saw our 292? Well, today we're going to do 291. So they go 291 on day three and expand their lead to 24 shots. And honestly, that at that point, it was sort of a, you know, pretty much a done deal that Emory's going to win the national championship from a team perspective. Now, there's some interesting stuff on the individual side, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But you get Redlands, who comes out with 293 on the third round, Absolutely fabulous round. I mean, probably one of the best scores to ever be recorded. And yeah, well, sorry, but Emory has already broken it twice. Uh, but they jump from fourth up to second. George Fox holds serve. They stay at, th- at three with 297. Williams comes up from eighth to get to fourth with a 294. Carnegie holds in place 300. So there you've got five teams, 300 or better, which is just great playing. And you can see just the quality in depth of ladies game that, you know, I talked to several coaches while I was out there and we all kind of said, we've never seen the women's game as deep as it is right now in division three. And that's a testament to all of the fabulous young ladies that are playing, but also the coaches and the programs and the universities that are, you know, investing in this and, and supporting the the women as they play. It's, it's great to see. Um, and it was awesome to see all the teams out there, 
um, and and the team the, the team ship, you know, and 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 camaraderie that they have, it's it's outstanding. So again, Emery's blowing the doors off after day three, but now you've got Redlands and George Fox, Williams, Carnegie, Methodist still at seven. You know, okay, so but they're all kind of within a handful of shots, right? From you know, from Redlands at two, you know, only eight shots separated two to seven. So there, you know, still lots could happen on the final round. As we got into the final round, Emery again goes out two ninety six. Um, Redlands holds serve at two ninety eight. George Fox holds serve two ninety seven. Carnegie comes up two ninety six. Methodist comes way up 295. So you end up with the top five being Emery, Redlands, George Fox at third, and then Carnegie and Methodist tied for fourth. Uh, Williams College, sixth. Pomona Pitzer, seventh. NYU, eight. Claremont Mudscripts, nine. Wash U, 10. Center, 11. Amherst College, 12. Washington and Lee, 13. Mary Harden Baylor, 14. And St. Catherine University, 15th. And a special shout out to the ladies from St. Kate's. And they said that there's a sixth player who said, if you find the D3 golf guys, bring me home some swag. Well, they have swag for you. If you haven't gotten it, you let me know, call them out and make sure that one teammate turns over her bag. Cause I dropped an extra uh, ball mark in the bag accidentally. So I know she's got an extra one in that bag somewhere for you. Um, but what a great outstanding tournament by everybody. I, I thought it was Really well played. I thought the ladies held held their own great. Um, other teams advancing that didn't advance. Trinity University was the the first team out. Uh, York College, Pennsylvania was the second team out. And the York College ladies, uh, their coach knew who who I was, but they they did not. And they're like, "Who is this? We have no idea who it is." But they were nice enough to take a picture and and uh, oblige their coach. But uh, very good to see them. Carthage after that, Otterbein. Um, got to meet some parents from Otterbein. They, they were a little surprised how much I knew about Otterbein. And I, I, did, I had to say, well, I had this podcast, which was a fun co- conversation to have. Uh, and in the ladies' game, look, let's just be honest. There, there, is a, there is a great prize for best outfits. The best outfit I saw on Monday, the ladies from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, fabulous, fabulous colors, skirt-shirt combo. Very, very good Told them that as I was as I was there, so uh, good for, on them. Uh, the Rose Holman ladies uh, made it to nationals, finishing there. Uh, St. Mary's College in Indiana, um, good to see them. Uh, had a chance to talk to their coach for a little bit. She's a a fan of the pod, and uh, there as she was standing up on the green, she came over to say hello, and her players are looking over like, who is coach talking to? <laughs> so it was very very fun. Uh, the University of Dubuque. SUNY Cortland, uh, the Aurora University ladies and their coach, uh, who Aurora had both teams in the women and the men, which was a very good theme this year. Um, you know, we had lots of teams that had representation in both uh, the men and the women. So uh, got to see them when I first got there. So that was always nice to see a friendly face. Uh, Drew University, Westminster College, Pennsylvania, Marymount, Virginia, and the University of Northwestern. Uh, finish out the teams, but just a great tournament. Super excited about sort of where the game is, and I gotta be telling telling you, like, there's a lot of people returning next year to play. Um, 
Now, to talk a little bit about Emory, but we'll we're gonna we'll be efforting to get them on the podcast. Um, but you know, they finished seventh place last year, but only one lady from Emory's team last year, Maria Chong, was on this year's team. So they really turned over the roster, and boy, did, did they do a really good job. Because as we talked about, you know, all year it was kind of like, uh, where did Emory come from? Wait a second, and sure enough, they delivered. And uh, just a great job by their team. They've been pretty dominant for most of the year. And we knew they were really good. And it was interesting because when I saw them on Monday, they were, they were pretty focused. And they were, they were kind of, they had their head down. They were ready to go. Um, but again, I think if you look at the top seven finishes, you've got the top eight teams there. You know, center's the only one that really kind of was out. Amherst was kind of fell out a little bit, but they both finished in the top 12. Um, so you really kind of, you, you got the cream of the crop that really made the cut and came through and got to play on that last day. So, um, fabulous, fabulous tournament. Let's go over and talk about the individuals. Cause, um, I'm not going to break down the individuals as much, but we actually went to a playoff for your national champion in the women's game. Um, Ellen Dong, who had played great for Emory, uh, uh the entire week, you know, her first round was probably you know, not great. She shot 75 in, in the first round, um, but came back in round two with a 68 and a 72 in round three and was cruising probably to get in there, but actually doubled the 18th hole to tie Allison Takamiya from George Fox to go to a playoff. Now, Ellen won on the very first playoff hole, so it wasn't like we had a long uh, six-hole, seven-hole playoff, but I bet it, I bet there was a good following for that uh, for that one hole. Um, but it was, it was kind of funny because Ellen really didn't really do much outside of hit nearly every green and par every nearly hole with a few birdies dug in here and there along the way. So it was very shocking to see that double come up on the last, uh, last hole, but, um, great playing by Ellen, you know, in the entire tournament, Allison Takamiya from George Fox, just an outstanding performance. She went 70 day one, 77 day two. Um, and then 71-71, which is just outstanding to go one under both the last two days. Um, tied for third were your number one player all year or lately and and then number two player currently ranked in, in golf stat. Allison Takamiya is third ranked. So And Ellen Dong from Emory University was the 11th. So he had the top players in the country at the top of the leaderboard, which was great. But... Um, what I found interesting was, you know, Jillian Drinker from Methodist who finished tied for third, I mean, just rock solid. And when I got to talk to Jillian a little bit and, you know, it's just a, a super awesome young lady who just is unflappable and you can just see it in her play, you know, 72, 74, 72, 72. And, um, you know, that's just <laughs> great playing. Um, was just rock solid, just the lead, leading that team of, from Methodist as they went. The other player that was really interesting was Riley Suter, you know, the number one player and player of the year. You know, Riley didn't really come out of the gates very, very fast. She's 75 on day one. Yeah, you know, not not a crime on the first day of national championship. 76 on day two is probably the one where she was kind of like, I did not play my best. But to Riley's credit, she came back firing with a uh, best of the day 69 on round three to get herself back up in it and then shot another two under uh, 70 on the last day to jump up seven spots to tie for third. 
So that's great. The, rounding out the top five was Aaliyah Clark from NYU. Another great round. Uh, a great several rounds. 71, 71, 77, 72. Um, rounding out the last, the the 10-ish the or so, we'll, actually we'll probably go down to about 15. Um, you've got Annie Mascot from Wash U. Played fabulous. She, uh, I think, was your first round leader with 69 uh, on the first day. Um, and then you had, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Alejandra Sanchez de la Fuente Molino from Trinity University, playing as an individual. Um, she finished tied for seventh with Megan Canaby, Alexis Sajanto, and Iris Liu. Um, and then you had Hannah Hugar. It's not Jugar, which I butchered, and at least Hannah was um, kind enough to not really care that I had butchered her name 4,500 times. Um she finished tied for 11th with Sharon Munn, also from Emory. So just a great play in there. You had Jessica Huang from Amherst finished solo 13th, and you had three tied at 14th. You had Ingrid Steigerson from Methodist, Sarah Shee from Oglethorpe, and Sydney McConnell from Mary Harden Baylor. Just outstanding. But one of the things I like to see is you had two individuals. Um, Obviously, Alejandra was part of Trinity's team who was there, but when they got cut, she made it in as an individual. Sarah Shee was the the top finisher of the individuals that were selected initially. Uh, So just outstanding golf. I mean, and honestly, you know, nine over for four rounds got you tied for 15th. I mean, tell me that the women's game is not really, really healthy and and moving in the right direction. That's great golf. I mean, you know, two over on average, you're averaging two over a day. And that is not getting you in the top 10. I, there's a lot of years, a few few years ago, that's probably winning the tournament. Um, so just outstanding. Uh, last year's champ, individual champion, Mackenzie Toole from George Fox, played excellent. She finished tied for 21st, um, which was great to see. And, 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 you know, when you step back and look, with Allison Takamiya and Mackenzie Toole, okay, you know, <laughs> George Fox is for real. They they end up finishing third in the tournament, but um, you know they they could be something to keep your eye on as we go forward here. So um, a- outstanding tournament, just super, just an absolutely fabulous representation of the game that we have in Division Three. So, ladies, congratulations! Uh, it was so great to see all of you. You put on a great show and played some absolutely fabulous golf. And to the coaches, thank you for your support. And uh, we're excited about the ladies going to Mission Inn next year. So they'll get the chance to go uh, show the boys how to take on Mission Inn and get all that done down in uh, Howie in the Hills, Florida next year. So we're going to take a quick break to tell you about our friends at Titleist. Titleist, the number one brand in golf. And I've seen a whole bunch of Titleist in all my years around D3 golf. But the best thing they have going for them is the Titleist Pro V1 or Pro V1X. It's the best ball on tour. It's the best ball for college players. If you are a high-level player looking for the best golf ball around, there's nothing better than Titleist Pro V1 or Pro V1X. Get yours today. All right. As we turn our attention over to the men's tournament, we had really gone through the preview down at Mission Inn previously. Um, in fact, we actually tweeted out that episode for anybody that wanted to go back over that preview. But again, down at Mission Inn, two courses for the men. Uh, the Las Colinas course, um, typically known as the easier course, though 
that could make a very good argument, especially on day two, that that was not the case. And then El Campeon, which was the the main big course where um, you would play one of your first two rounds and then round three and four would be held at El Campeon. Just a fabulous golf course. Uh, heard nothing but great things about the condition of the course and how it was playing, especially over at El Campeon. I think there were some rough patches at Las Colinas, but again, not quite to what the ladies had to deal with. But uh, a special shout out to our friends. Uh, we had a couple of the SIDs who were doing some great uh, videos and taking some live videos and sending those out. Um, we're going to work with them next year and have them actually give them access to some of our stuff so that. Uh, D3 Golf Guys will bring you all of that next year. So we'll be able to do that. So uh, as we go down this path, you know, for the women's game and for the men's game, uh, coaches on the committee, um, anybody else that's doing that, if you've got people out there to take videos and, and probably put that stuff out there, you know, let us know. We want to be a part of it. We want to help contribute. We've got a very large following that we really want to be able to supply that content to. So, um, you know, keep uh, keep us in mind. Reach out when we're starting to have those conversations because we love to share all that content for you with all of the great Division Three followers that we have out there. Which, by the way, is another thing to mention that our following keeps growing. I uh, didn't think that was possible, but um, it's been going great. Our Instagram account is way up. Um, we continue to gather uh, followers on Twitter. Um, so if you haven't gotten to D3 Golf Guys on those social media channels, get there. All right, back to the men's game. Mission in. We've got ready to go. All right. So we get there in round one and our guy will can out and Carnegie Mellon go out first day, 288 rocks out or yeah, 288 rocks out. Now you have to remember Las Colinas was playing at par 71. So you'll see different numbers. So like, for example, Huntington College shot 287. Well, that was three over par. 288 was even par. So it depends on which course you're playing. So, but Bear with us here. It, it, it gets easier after day th- on day three. But Carnegie Mellon goes out. She was even par 288 at Las Colinas, which is outstanding golf. Um, Huntington shoots the best round over at Las Colinas on, on that day at 287, three over. Methodist in third, four over, rock solid. Emory tied for fourth. Hampton-Sydney tied for fourth. Now, Hampton-Sydney is really the story, I think, of uh, uh, the secondary story of outside of the champions. But... You know, we knew they were really good and they kind of came in in that space, but they ended up winning the conference and getting in. They're ready to go and they showed out this week. So, congratulations to those guys. Well, you'll hear more about them as we go. Wittenberg comes in at, at sixth after round one, 298, rock solid. Coach Laszlo had them ready to go. Claremont Mud Scripps coming in from the West Coast, really nice performance. Um, 295 on day one, really good. Um, so, you, okay, you're right there. Some other teams right in that 300, 297 range, um, you know, about who we would expect to be in there in that space. So you're thinking, all right, just about where we are. Nobody's really running away with it just yet. You know, Carnegie's got three and four. Okay. Emory and Methodist have kind of been really good all year. Emory and Hampton saying we're a little further back. You know, fine. When you're playing the two courses, you don't try to pay that close attention round one. You go, all right, let everybody play two both courses, and then we'll kind of compare. All right, well, when you do that, after the second round, there was carnage, and there was a lot of carnage, with, exception, with a few exceptions. One was Methodist played great. They come out with 289 on a hard day where, and, and honestly, folks, 
I have never seen more black squares on golf stat in a national championship, let alone even a big tournament in my life. Like the amount of triples and others that were happening. Now, what happened was the wind came up, it came out of the other side of the golf course, which makes that golf, both golf courses play hard. But Las Colinas was playing ridiculously hard. There was just something going on over there. It was just blow up city. Um, it was crazy. Um, to the tune of, we'll, we'll get more into it, but you know, all of a sudden people who were kind of safely inside the cut, all of a sudden were sweating like crazy, but Carnegie comes in fine, uh, 299. But what we have now is method's got a six shot lead, um, which is never good for the rest of the teams. Cause Methodist tends not to give up leads. Um, if you can keep, you can, sometimes you can keep them behind you, but you rarely do you go track them down. Um, Hampton Sydney moves up a little bit with a very nice 293, and uh, they get to third. Huntington right there, 306, not as great, 306. Claremont right there. Washington Elite plays really nicely, 298 comes up. Emory, 303, fine. Uh, the Babson team, they were kind of 14th after day one, come up to eighth, very nice. Our good friends at Piedmont, again, really nice, 297 round one, 309 second round. But, you know, you say that 309, you're like, oh, yeah, but in comparison to everybody else, and we were talking about three, the three teens out there, several of them. So um, very, very tough. What was interesting was watching the cut line that day. So you had Aurora, Franklin and Marshall, Oglethorpe, Willamette, Greensboro, all right there kind of vying. And Oglethorpe was one of the teams right there at the end. And it was going to be really interesting to see, you know, what they had. And they had the number one and number two players out and they both needed to make par on the par five coming in in order to make the cut one bogey and you tie. And then all of a sudden we got a three-way tie for who makes the cut. And I don't want to think about the, what, what needs to happen there, but Oglethorpe's guys get it done and they make the cut with two gutsy pars in the last. Um, but so that was really interesting because you kind of saw it ebb and flow. And what was really happening was late afternoon, the teams were just getting pummeled over on Las Colinas. So it was just like, who is going to be able to hold on long enough to get in. So then you get the cut um, that happens there. Um, And again, the men's game, more teams go. So we have a cut in round two and 18 teams make the cut there. The women's game, it's less teams go. They cut around three top 15 teams play plus all the individuals. All right. So here we go. Last two rounds. We go into El El Campion. You know, no more hiding, no more anything else. And really, you know, what a lot of coaches will tell you is you look, you just try to try to, you know, just play your game, make, you know, par as your friend the first two days, you know, don't, don't lose it the first two days. Um, And so really, I mean, there wasn't really any big surprises that kind of fell out outside the, you know, we didn't have anybody from the top, you know, 10 just kind of blow up and fall out like that, that didn't happen. Um, you know, Greensboro is probably the one that you were like, ah, that's disappointing. But, you know, again, it's just one of those hard days and there's a lot of really good teams. So we get to round three with the top 18 teams and Methodist comes out and fires a 292, which is just outstanding golf at El Campion. I mean, they went 292 the first day and that was really good. And 292 that that third day was really, really good. On the men's side, the scoring average really improved in, in the third and fourth rounds, but that's because you've got the 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 cut as well. You know, and that's the other thing on the women's side. That 
you, when you cut out the bottom half teams, the, the scoring average drops considerably. Um, so Mathis comes out 292 and really, really good. Huntington matches them with 292. Hanson Sydney 296, really good. So they're they, so now you have Methodist at one with at 13 over. You've got Huntington and Hanson Sydney at 25. So now Methodist has a 25 shot, or, no, sorry, a 12 shot lead on se- second place for two people tied at second. Claremont shoots 288, even par, to come all the way up to fourth, um, which was great. Carnegie struggled a little bit that day, 304. They dropped back to fifth. Emory moves up one, 298. Washington and Lee at 301. So, you know, when you're looking at it, it's like, okay, well, is Methodist going to give up a 12-shot lead? I don't think so. But Huntington, Hanson, Sydney, Claremont, all within a stroke. Carnegie, you know, five, six back. Emory, now we're starting to get into the double-digit shots where you're like, all right, when we're looking at the top, you know, scores. But again, really good golf being played. You know, anything anything under 300 over at, El Campion was was pretty good. Uh, Piedmont two ninety eight, Wittenberg two ninety eight, Swanee two ninety eight. Swanee did themselves a really nice job of moving up about four spots there um, on the third round. So going to the last day, it's pretty much well. Is anybody going to be able to catch Methodist? And then it's probably going to be all right. Who's playing for second, third, and fourth? All right. So we get to the last round, and Methodist does what Methodist does. They shoot two ninety five and. Honestly, goodness, Hampton Sydney gave him a run. Hampton Sydney came out and shoots two ninety one. They were really, I mean, that's that's good. And it's they, you know, Methodist wins by eight shots, so it was as good as you can play. You beat them by four, you're still losing by eight. You know, that's what the twelve shot lead is for. But Hampton Sydney finishes solo second with that wonderful two ninety one. Uh, Huntington and Claremont end up tied for third. Uh, Huntington shoots two ninety seven. Claremont two ninety six. On the last day, Emery jumps up another spot to with their 291 also. So great plan by a, the, the seniors on Emery's men's team. And of course, I'm, I'm sure they were trying to do what they could to keep up with the women, uh, knowing that, uh, that I'm sure they knew what was going on in the other golf, on the other course across the country. But uh, Carnegie 305, they kind of fell back a spot. But again, the spaces, the, the placings had kind of spread out a little bit, so it wasn't as much opportunity to move up, you know, seven, eight spots. Uh, Wittenberg finishes seventh, Washington Lee eighth, Suwannee University of the South ninth, NYU tenth, Piedmont eleventh, uh, Illinois Wesleyan uh, finishes tied for twelfth with Babson College, uh, Aurora, which is a great tournament for the Aurora gang, fourteenth. Uh, Kenyon College, who hadn't been to the national championship since 1989 and finishing 15th. Uh, Oglethorpe finishes 16th. Christopher Newport, 17th. And Franklin and Marshall, 18th. Um, so, you know, when you look at sort of the golf stat rankings, Hanson Sydney at 18, jumping up there, very impressive. Claremont, 13. You know, in the men's game, it was kind of hard to, to gauge some of the West Coast stuff. They obviously played very well. Um, you know, really, uh, NYU sort of surprised everybody on both the men and women's side. So that was good. Um, and then you got Aurora 24th, Kenyon 20, and then Franklin and Marshall, you know, shout out to those guys. They were 46 ranked in the country coming in and end up making the cut and then finishing 18th. That's, that's outstanding. Um, you know, I think if you're looking at kind of who underperformed, you know, I, I, I would tell you, if you finish inside the top 15, you're pretty good. Christopher Newport probably felt like they, they let something go. 
Um, they were seventh place coming in. They finished seventeenth. Um, you know that's fine. And obviously Greensboro at eleven and Mary Harden Baylor at ten didn't make the cut along with Willamette at sixteen. But you know that's just sometimes how it works. And um, but you know what? What else can you say about Methodist? They've had that three-headed monster for a long time in Andre Chi, Cooper Raybrack, and Henry Angrier. And that's you know when they all three of them play pretty well, they're gonna be tough to beat. And they played very well, you know. Um, so you have your individual champion in Methodist and your team champion in Methodist, just like over the women's side where Ellen Dong from Emory and Emory's team won. But let's flip over and look at the player leaderboard. So Andre Chi from Methodist, just fabulous golf. I mean, fabulous golf. He was, you know, four shots back after round one. Um, you know, round one, our guy Will Canout goes out and shoots a 69 and is in the lead with Grant Gronka from Huntington College. Um, you know, I, I think Will's probably going to want those two middle rounds back um, a little bit. But uh, then Andre comes back up. He basically goes 73, 70, 70, 70. So he got one over, two under, two under, two under. Or actually, no, that's not right. Uh, it's something in there. No, they were on there. So it would have been one over and then one under and then two under, two under. So he was even after the two rounds and then two under, two under to finish four under. And he is your individual national champion. Now, what what I find interesting, and, and look, had you told me Andre won or had you told me Cooper won or even Henry won from Methodist, I'd have been like, yeah, fine. <laughs> had they finished one, two, and three, I probably wouldn't have been that surprised. Um, you know, congratulations to Andre. He played fabulous. Um, you know, their whole team played exceptionally well for, for all four days. So that's really great. What was really impressive to me was Will Hawker from Webster last year's individual national champion made a pretty good run at it. He, uh, he comes out in day one and shoots 71 day two seventy four, and then comes back with the last two days at El Campion matching Andre 77 to finish solo second. So not, not a bad last two years for Will, who wins an individual national championship and then he finishes runner up the next year. So outstanding play by Will. Um, and I think that'll bode well for him as he, as he moves on into the future. But uh, he had two tied at third place, Nick Rubino from Hampton, Sydney and JF Aber from Witt- Wittenberg. Um, again, outstanding golf. Uh, JF Aber 69 in round three rock solid. Um, it was great to see Grant Gronka come back and, and play really well for Huntington. I, I know he's going to be, uh, happy with his performance. Solo fifth from Huntington, um, you know, 69, 73, 75, 72, really good playing. Uh, Pierce Robinson from Washington Lee and Cole Janke from Wisconsin Eau Claire and Scott uh, Boyayan from Aurora. Um, I apologize. I probably butchered your name, Scott, but you know what else? What else is new at this podcast? Uh, all three of those guys tied for sixth, uh, four over for the tournament. Uh, Pierce with a two under par 70 on the, on the last day. Very, very good. Um, four guys shot two under on the last day. That's getting it done at that golf course. Um, solo ninth was Will Parker from Claremont Mud Scripps. And then you had three tied at 10, Trevor Elliott from Hampton, Sydney, Cooper Raybreck from Methodist University, and then Austin Davis from Willamette. Um, he made it, him and Will were the were part of the individuals that made it post-cut. Um, they obviously play with their teams to get in, but then we're, we're the highest ranking individuals that did not make the cut. Um, so that's really good playing there. Jackson Rothwell from Babson ties for 13th with Jason Folker 
from Carnegie Mellon and Henry Angrier from Methodist. Um, so just outstanding golf being played. You know, I, I, it's interesting, you know, if you, if you said, okay, two over every day, you know, not bad. That would be eight over that's tied for 16th in this tournament. Um, you know, and, and under par wins, um, it's just outstanding golf. I, you know, I, I, that's the thing I keep coming back to is, is the, the progress and the impressiveness that these division three athletes are performing at is outstanding. Um, and, and, and reminder that they're all doing this while actually being students. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, one coach said last year, last year's national championships, he had to administer five different exams during the turn, like during the tournament or immediately following the tournament, um, on the airplane, on the airplane ride back proctoring exams and things. So, you know, th- these kids aren't getting a, a pass and, um, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the the great players here, a lot of them are going to be really successful. Maybe not in golf, but they're going to be really successful. You know, I know uh, our, our guy Will Canout from Carnegie Mellon probably didn't uh, play as well as he wanted to, but he got a great award this week, where he was awarded the Byron Nelson Award, um, which is just awesome. He was the 2022 Byron Nelson Award. Uh, presented by Strixon Cleveland Golf recipient uh, is is the recipient is a graduating senior is recognized for his achievement in the classroom on the course and in his community particular consideration given to the good citizenship as portrayed by Mr. Nelson over the course of his life and golf career. So I mean when you hear that kind of stuff and you see this for for great kids who do it the right way and and doing everything the right way and, and I kind of tell you it, it was very special to us here in the D3 Golf Guys bunker to see um, you know, one of our guys who have been following along and, and doing all that stuff to be, to get that kind of a great re- recognition was awesome. And, you know, when you, you talk about, you know, Riley Suter and, and Will Canout and, you know, that's sort of what, what I do this for is those kids deserve to be celebrated and talked about. And it's one of the things that I really have a passion for. So, Again, we've gone a little long here tonight, but you know what? It's worth it for a national champion. So here's the kind of what to expect going forward. We're going to effort to get uh, both sets of national champions on. We're going to be efforting the Emory ladies and the Methodist men. So guys and gals, if you're out there, uh, expect us to be reaching out. We'll try to set up a time to get everybody on the podcast. Um, we'll be reaching out to some other coaches and things. Um, throughout the year, um, throughout the summer, but it will kind of come and go as we have the summer, um, months where we won't be as heavy. And then as we'll start getting geared up in a very short period of time for 2022, 2023 golf season. So, um, super exciting and we'll see kind of what entails for next year. So with that, we'll say hit them straight. Cheers.